Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Bob. I just wanted to take a quick moment. And um, first off, thank our regular listeners for checking in with us. I hope everybody's okay. Obviously, we really got hammered by this storm, primarily south of the greater Sarasota area, starting in Venice and then all the way down to Naples. And so I just wanted to encourage everyone, is there just one thing that you can do to help in the relief efforts? Bottled water, some canned goods, some dry goods, some clothing, I'm going to give you some organizations that you can reach out to and find out specifically what it is that they need where you can help in this relief effort. The first organization is the Community Foundation of Sarasota County. They can be reached at 941-955-3000. They're also located over there on Fruitville Road at 2635 Fruitville Road in Sarasota, Florida. Call them and see specifically what it is that they need and how they are working to help all these folks that really got hammered by the hurricane. Next organization is Gulf Coast Community Foundation. Uh, Their headquarters are in Venice, 941-486-4600. If they're not open because they did did get a lot of flooding down there, let's try the Sarasota location again for Gulf Coast Community Foundation, 941-777-1270. Call them and see what they need. Obviously, the Salvation Army is always looking for uh, donations and help in situations such as this. They actually have three locations. Sarasota is 941-364-5557. They're over there on Tuttle Avenue. The Venice location, and again, Venice has some flooding down there. I don't know if they're open. 941-484-6227. Northport really got hammered again with flooding. I don't know if they're open, but I'll give you their phone number anyways. 941-240-5108. The Salvation Army is always very helpful in situations like this. Obviously, the American Red Cross, the Sarasota County office can be found at 941-379-9300. And I know that everybody has a heck of a lot more on their mind right now than uh, simply listening to podcasts, but we are going to do our best to maintain our regular 
release of our episodes. We could not air last week. We didn't have any internet. So I, <laughs> I hope you'll forgive us for that. But uh, I think we're going to be back on task going forward, assuming that we don't have any interruptions in service. And today we have a great show lined up for you. And we just encourage you to continue to listen in. If we feel a need to update you on what's going on, we'll just continue to put these little blurbs in here before the episodes. If there's anything you would like for us to do, please reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn, and we'll do our best again to help in this relief effort. Again, thank you so very much for being a part of our listening audience and on to today's show. For many people, it seems impossible that in the greater Sarasota area, there are those who go hungry. But it is true, and even more so now when you have a Category 4 hurricane devastate the southern part of our county. Fortunately, one local organization is working virtually nonstop to help those most affected by Ian's destructive forces and providing food for thousands. This episode was recorded one week after Hurricane Ian hit our area. It is part of a series of special episodes we want to bring to you of the frontline organizations helping our neighbors get back on their feet. Hi, I'm your host, Bob Williams, where I try to find the most interesting people working on the most interesting things here in the greater Sarasota area. I started this podcast because I wanted to meet new people, and then I thought, why not share what we talk about with people like you? To me, the real benefit, however, is if you really want to understand the community you live in and appreciate all it has to offer, then listening to each other's stories is an absolute must. Every Tuesday and Thursday, you'll hear from artists and authors, entrepreneurs, civic leaders, and many others share who they are, how they got into their line of work, and what they're excited about right now. I'm very pleased to welcome Sandra Frank, CEO of All Face Food Bank. In this episode, Sandra will share one thing most people don't know about her, why she chose to head up All Face Food Bank for these past 10 years after a successful law career, why All Face Food Banks is moving away from providing food to actual hunger prevention, what All Face Food Bank's greatest needs are right now as we recover from Hurricane Ian, how you can get involved, and much, much more. Thank you for stopping by today. It is my hope that you will listen, that you will learn, but most importantly, connect. Sandra Frank, CEO of All Face Food Bank, welcome to the Sarasota Stories Podcast. Well, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on, and we are about a week removed from Hurricane Ian, and I'm absolutely convinced that this puts extra pressure on your organization to help respond to all the devastation and interruptions that the hurricane has caused. And I want to get into all that in a little bit here uh, and also talk about how people can get plugged in and how people can help you because you rely upon donations and volunteers and whatnot. We're going to get into all that. But before we do, we want to get a little bit of your background for maybe people that, that don't know about All Face Food Bank. And so the very first question I always like to ask my guest is, what's one thing most people don't know about you? Okay, Bob. So most people don't know a lot of things about me, but very private. Uh, and, you know, you can see on the on the CV and the resume, the, the degrees and the experience. Um, and that's all well and good, but I'm a real person too. And um, things that I enjoy have always enjoyed. Um, I, I'm not a gourmet 
chef, but I really love to cook and be creative. In fact, that's how I exercise the creative side of my brain is, is um, love cooking and experimenting and um, love food, as a matter of fact. And when you ask things like, um, what's one of the impacts of uh, this storm and the, and the stress, I would say overeating. In <laughs> so, uh, true, it is. And, and I'm cooking here because we're kind of stuck here. So we're having wild and wonderful foods. Oh, my. You know, Dijon chicken with gnocchi and good things like that. Com- comfort food. Well, see, we're, we're doing this. We're doing this interview about eleven o'clock, so we're getting close to lunch here. So when you start doing that, it's it's. I don't. I may have to cut this interview off short, you know, and get, go ahead to the refrigerator. So, well, do you specialize in any particular? I tend uh, to, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to love uh, or lean towards more of the Mediterranean kind of cooking. Yeah. So anything around, you know, the, the Mediterranean Sea, whether it's Italian or French, just really love it. Um, and, and, and I do occasionally wander into to dishes that are a little more Asian, but that's that's a cha- that's a challenge for me. Yeah. Uh, so, so to balance that out, the overeating, the other thing people don't know is that I, I have danced all my life and still dance, and and it's it's such a remarkable um, I don't know um, I don't know. It's just uplifting and takes you away and out of yourself. That's wonderful. Escape. That's wonderful. That, that, that's certainly on my bucket list to learn how to do it uh, because in the in the few circumstances where I've been out on the dance floor with my wife, I mean, you just walk around in a circle and it's not much fun. Even with the love of my life, it's not that much fun. So that's on my bucket list. Well, that's great. Well, let's, you know, it's interesting, you know, you kind of touched upon your, you know, your background, your bio and whatnot. I mean, you have your Juris Doctorate, you, you have certificates from, you know, Harvard University and, you know, you're you're tremendously educated, and you're obviously very much an accomplished woman. But I'm curious, you know, why did you decide at some point in your career to kind of go the nonprofit route with All Face Food Bank, and mm-hmm. you know, especially with All Face Food Bank, when you're kind of dealing with, you know, some of the you know more difficult things in uh, you know the local community here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, and that's that's it's been a while since I made that transition because I was practicing healthcare law, uh, and I've always been in healthcare. Uh, but I really now, as I look back at it, I think it was one of those things that it has to do with how you were raised and the values that in, that were instilled in you uh, growing up, and so that that that's coming from my family and my background. So it was not really rewarding to be um, clocking uh, hours, you know, uh, to, to, to charge a client. That was not at all rewarding for me. Right. Billable hours was not. Um, so I did a little soul searching, plus had a family. And, and the law, as they say, jealous mistress. You, it was very hard to be both, especially at the time when I had young children. Um, if, you, if you were practicing law and, and trying to be an attentive mother, uh, you you got side railed, sidetracked into the mommy track. You went you you got redirected to the mommy track. I wasn't having that because I was kind of ambitious and still a good mom. So um, this this allowed me to to really get into substantive issues, schedule my own time a little bit, use that law degree and the healthcare degree. So it all kind of came together with personal need, personal gratification and professional gratification simultaneously. 
That's wonderful. So you're not chasing the almighty dollar of your entire career. You know, it's interesting. I, it's interesting. You sound very much like Debbie Mason of the Tidewell Foundation back in episode 23. I had her on and she she's and I said, you know, why would you do that? And, you know, why would you get involved in, you know, end of life stuff and, and these types of human services? She said, well, it's really more of a calling than anything else. It sounds very much like that's what you've had most of your career. It is. And you start out you, and, and, and you tell your children this, they're going to start out on a path, on a career. And that's not where they're going, most likely not where they're going to end up. Um, and and I, had, I guess in my in my childhood, in my in my dreams, I thought I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to be working. I want to be that leader. Uh, and then, you know, the calling didn't come to me. So I was in my almost 40. Uh, yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah. A one, you know, a one, a, just a one eighty degree turnaround. Using all of the things I knew and all of the skills, but for for a purpose. That's wonderful. That's right. Well, I, I'm sixty two, and I'm still looking for my calling. How about <laughs> that? You may have it right here. <laughs> yeah, my calling is a podcaster. Well, that's great. Well, let's talk about All Face Food Bank. You. You've been you've been with the organization for. Uh, over 10 years now, for, maybe for folks that have not heard of the organization or, or have forgotten about it or just, just want more information, give us the scope of what you all do in normal times, because we're going to get into, of course, the, the impact that the hurricane has had on your operations. And, um, and then we'll just kind of move into, you know, sharing about what uh, Hurricane Ian has done. But, but what's, what's the, in the normal times, what's the scope of, mm-hmm. of your operations? So what do you do? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we are a, a member of Feeding America, which is the country's largest charitable relief organization. Um, and there's a lot to that. Um, t- sort of tucked away in being a member is, is compliance and regulatory requirements with respect to the, the food we distribute, our governance and financial policies and practices. Um, there are only 200 Feeding America food banks in the country, and we are proud to be one of those. Oh, wow! So we are um, we are sort of historically uh, our food banks have been assigned districts. We support Sarasota and DeSoto County, so it's like you know the opposite sides of the moon. Sarasota, incredibly affluent. Yes. DeSoto County, probably the poorest county in the. It city. is. It is. I looked that up recently. It, it is the poorest county. It, 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 it's yeah. What a dichotomy. What a dichotomy. And so um, we're doing a lot in that area in rural hunger. But but uh, anyway, we serve Sarasota and DeSoto counties. So um, food banking, I, th- I think people have a lot of, of uh, con- you know, conceptions, a lot of thoughts and visuals about what a food bank is. So the physical facility, think about a Sam's Club, a Costco. Uh, it's a big, uh, big warehouse. Yes. Stacked to the ceiling with racks, forklifts, all of that. That's what a food bank is. And I've been to your facility. It's very well organized. It's yes. very clean. It is. Uh, it, it, it's a great it's, it's a great facility. It is. It's all of that. Uh, you know, we it's just the nature of, I guess, the team that we have. Um, so we do distribute. We're, we're more or less of a distrib- distribution center and we don't actually provide th- food from the warehouse facility, right. from the food bank facility. The food goes out either through our mobile distributions in communities or through a lot of agency partners. And there are 200, 
240 uh, programs and agency partners that we work with in the two counties. What what are some of those? Just familiar names that we might. Uh, so we work a lot with the school district. In fact, uh, in, in the crisis right now, we will be coming alongside the schools as they provide meals to kids. We provide, we provide backpacks and food for the parents. Um, Salvation Armies, uh, a lot of faith-based, like Church of the Palms, which happens to be our very largest agency. Thank you, Church of the Palms. Um, uh, let's see, Boys and Girls Clubs, tremendous partners, Children First, Girls Inc., if you name the large nonprofits, all of the large nonprofits in uh, human service, social service in our area, we are likely partnering with them. That's great. That's great. It's interesting because I'm going to be interviewing Salvation Army here at one yeah. o'clock. So, ask them about the Venice facility, which is devastated. Oh, is it? Yes, yes. In in the um, episodes I'm putting out right now, I'm putting little blurbs there, uh, little ads at the beginning before we get into the episode talking about where you can go to help. And that was one of the kind of questions I had was I, di I didn't know what um, what condition their their location was down there in Venice. Ask them um, about it. They can yeah. describe okay. it. And we still have our mobile pantry distributions there because it's located in an area that was really slammed yeah. by the storm, obviously. So we still have all of our um, mega distributions, food distributions at the, at the Salvation Army. You, your warehouse was not damaged, correct? Not a bit. No, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's hurricane hardened. It was built by a contractor who, by gosh, was going to make it uh, hurricane proof, and it and it has been. Wow, that's great. How how much food, or you know, give us some some basic numbers. How much food yeah. comes through your facility through the year? How many folks do you feed? And yeah, yeah. So in a in a, like in twenty one, uh, probably almost. 20 million pounds of food came oh through my. the food bank. That translates to about 18, 18 and a half meals for families. So that, that speaks again to the scope of the work. It is not a food pantry, which yes. is like, uh, is, a, is a, you know, a smaller closet like thing in most, in most of our partner agencies. Um, so about 19 million pounds of food. Uh, we do a lot of work around, um, other types of programming, such as benefits assistance for clients, because the um, we can do a lot by by you know helping to lift them up and out of poverty and into economic stability. We have a wonderful program, backpack program, which provides food to kids in the schools, um, school pantries. Uh, we have uh, the mobile distributions I mentioned. So it's it all faith food bank, knowing that. Every food bank is different. All Faiths Food Bank is probably a 50-50 proposition, 50% of food distribution and 50% around other kinds of programming mm. that includes uh, evaluation and, and research. Interesting. Well, it, it's a great segue into the next question I had, which was I picked up from another program that you were interviewed on that as an organization – uh, and I'm going to come back to Ian uh, in just yeah. a moment for our listeners. But I was curious about you're actually going through a lot of planning, strategic planning and surveying to find out some of the underlying causes of hunger and how All Face Food Bank uh, you know, can respond better. And I think that I found that that was the beginning of last year. So I, can you share about what you're finding through 
the research that you're doing about what those underlying causes are and how you guys are going to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it, um, probably about four years ago, uh, we started waking up to the fact that we could never, uh, and this is air quotes, food bank our way out of hunger. We would never be able to provide enough food to sure. everyone well-fed yep. and healthy. You can't food bank your way out of hunger. And and food banking was always intended to be a sort of emergency response situation. And our reality was that we were becoming more of a staple day-to-day need for, for our community. Um, and then we began getting data from, I don't know if you're familiar with the United Way Alice report. I am not. Oh, awesome. It became our, um, our I don't know, it just gave us credibility. Whether you want to say our Torah, our Bible, whatever. Um, it validated and pr- provide data, provided data uh, that, that really did confirm and verify that the people we are se- serving are um, asset limited, income constrained, employed Alice. So it's the it's individuals who are gainfully employed, multiple jobs sometimes, but still do not earn enough to um, cover the cost of living in Sarasota County. So this particular United Way report is, is specific to each county in Florida and you know and it analyzes income, cost of living, and then gives us data on the, the percentage of people and number of people. Um, who are living at the in the Alice threshold? So any incident like a hurricane, uh, like tire, like a water heater, puts or, or replacing a roof, we see that in our own organization right now. The individuals who are gainfully well employed, compensated with benefits, roof blows off, and they have a nine thousand dollar deductible. Yep, and they're an Alice family. That $9,000, they don't have it, that could topple them into homelessness right. or low-income categories. So um, a lot of our our uh, work now is focused on those families. So that's that's a first bit of research, not done by us, yeah. but uh, that really did lead us down this, this new path of what can we do to really have a lasting uh, impact on hunger. Uh, and as I said earlier, sort of help um, lift families into a place of economic stability. I, I will say as somebody, and I've been to your facilities, I've been to your warehouse, and I was with another group and we, we volunteered for the day. And I, and I can't remember the young gal that I spoke with there, very smart young lady, very, very uh, caring young lady. But I, I did not get a chance to ask her the question it, from somebody who's sitting in the stands, right? I'm not on the front lines of dealing yeah, with this yeah. problem. Yeah. It just slays me that there would be hunger in this area. <laughs> I mean, it just, it just really, really surprises me. But then I read a report not too long ago that you know, the average American, average American or so many Americans, you know, they, they have, they don't have any more than $400 in their checking account to be able to deal with such issues as you said hot water heater goes out or, you know, their leak, their roof starts leaking. And uh, it's so, so that just really, really blew me away. But well, so as, as a result of, of learning these things, how, so are, do you all shift gears now as from 
being kind of like this this bank all the time where people are relying upon you going forward? Because you said 50% of your assets and your focus now are in different programs, which mm-hmm. I, I, I assume is, is trying to get people to you know kind of behave differently or think differently about managing their finances mm-hmm. so that when these things happen, mm-hmm. they have the resilience to bounce back. Mm-hmm. A lot of effort going there. Um, so if you th- we see this as, as parallel tracks because um, there will always be the need for food. Um, and times like this, prove it. Right. Family, you know, middle-income families, families with the means find themselves in a situation where they have no kitchen, they have no refrigerator, and, and Publix isn't open. So uh, we are seeing those families at our distributions. We are seeing them. Right. Um, so the backbone will continue to be uh, providing healthy food to the community. That's not going to change. We've come alongside now with this, this sort of uh, new uh, approach, and it is, is trying to get to a clear understanding of um, hunger and what contributes to it and what we can do, and knowing that these are incremental steps. This will be incremental change and it would be change that may happens over a generation or two it's not an instant fix it, that would make all the sense in the world and in addition to that of course florida's booming i mean everybody's moving down here and oh, so mm-hmm. and so you're going to get kind of like your piece of the of the problem if you will as the population grows here it's going to be more challenging going ahead what but back to back to uh ian mm-hmm. so what you, you, we were talking before I hit record. You said this is, you know, your second hurricane that you've gone through. So, what are some things that you're learning, and what happens when you have this disaster happen? How does that change your operations, and, and how do you respond? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when you go through a, a, an incident like this, a traumatic incident, you you kind of eventually want to block it. You kind of like want to put it in a safe place. Right, of course. Um, So with Irma, um, and and now we have to recall what happened in Irma and try to compare it to Ian. And, oh, there's no question. And you've seen, everyone has seen the data on uh, that say that Ian is by far worse than Irma uh, Irma was, by far worse. And it was a direct and catastrophic hit um, right there. To our South County, Sarasota, to our South County, as well as uh, um, uh, Collier and Lee counties, more Lee County, I think. Um, So the parallels, um, I I guess, would be that we are a disaster response organization. We are an emergency food organization. And so we're prepared all year long, every year to respond. Um, And after Irma, we saw the chinks. You know, we saw the areas where, that we needed to strengthen. Right, we right. saw those, and we strengthened them. Uh, and then with COVID, boy, we were... Oh, we, my. We hit the road running. Within a week, we were on out, out with, with huge distributions to families. So we really are battle-hardened. I, I can't believe I'm going to be a, a war... You know, there are war presidents. I'm going to be a war CEO, but that's kind of... That's the reality. Irma, COVID, and now this one. Um, so we were still in COVID response when, when it hit and we were, we were there, we were able to, with, without a pause, uh, fire up, gear up, 
uh, gird up and respond to Ian. It's much, much worse. Oh, I'm sure it is, but 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 how much? But how much worse? I mean, d- does this mean that you? Because obviously, obviously, before we let you go here, I want to find out what your greatest needs are right now. Whether it's volunteer, whether it's money, whether it's food. Um, but I mean, how much of an additional? Do you have a sense of how much of an additional pressure this uh, Ian has put on you all? You know, we're I mean, feeling, yeah. Any numbers I, at all? Or yeah, we're feeling the pressure, Bob. We're feeling the pressure in terms of number of people. This is like this, the, the kind of need we're seeing and the kind of attendance we're seeing at our distributions, just like the first month of COVID. If you'll remember the visual of those cars lining up, the helicopter shots, the cars lining yes. up, up, that's it. Yes. We're back to that. And it's astounding that here we are again. Um, we're, we're ready for it. Uh, but once again, the issue will be, making sure we have enough food in that warehouse because it's turning on a dime. It's turning instantly. It comes in, especially produce comes in, gets right back out again. Um, A lot of it now to South County, which has really been damaged and to Charlotte County, whom we're helping as well. Um, The need will be for a product. Supply chains are still broken though for us locally. Uh, Walmart Distribution Center, one of the biggest in the country, is out in um, DeSoto County. Yes. Pretty much destroyed by this storm. So that was mil- that was millions of pounds of food to us. Right. Offline now. Right. So we're, we have to buy food. We are buying food and, um, you know, getting it out as quickly as we can. I do want to do a, give a shout out to Feeding Florida and the state because they are uh, going above and beyond to get us boxes of food and produce um, to all 12 food banks <laughs> in, in Florida. Uh, so I think the, the pressure is on to make sure we get enough food and, and move it through the warehouse into the, the, under the tables of those who need it. The other pressure is, is um, human. It's the pressure on the staff. It's uh, people who have gone through two and a half years of COVID and now here they are facing something somehow worse. Right. So we're doing a lot to try and take care of our staff. Uh, and we're hiring additional drivers to relieve staff. <laughs> Shout out people who are, uh, have CDL, t- uh, licenses, uh, or want to get one contact us, but we're trying to hire, uh, additional staff to relieve them and temp staff as well. So the pressure is on for us to make sure we have enough food and we have to buy it. And the pressure is on our individuals because they're working, some of them were 24 seven when Ian hit, 24 seven. So we're trying to to take really good care of uh, the people who are taking really good care of this this community. Yes. I know it's in your heart to actually end hunger. Uh, you have said that in previous interviews that I picked up. Can we really end hunger in the greater Sarasota area? I think we can make a great deal of progress towards it. Um, and as I said earlier, these will be incremental steps. And what's equally important is that we are able to evaluate the impact of what we have done. It's really not okay anymore to throw food to people and say, we've, Hey, you know, uh, the food is good, but have we changed their lives in any way? So um, whether or not um, 
people are aware the the the, the benefits that are available to a lot of people uh, who, who they are eligible for these benefits puts um, less of their money into actually we phrase this allows them to put the funds that they have towards the necessities in life. So if we were able to get people onto um, healthcare programs, onto uh, the WIC programs, a marvelous program, women and children food program, fantastic program. Get the kids their school lunches, uh, get families signed up for SNAP benefits, uh, tax return services. That's money back, literally, literally money right. back in people's pockets. And, and we can quantify uh, the monetary uh, uh, value of those programs. We actually can put a dollar figure to it. And that allows the family to have enough money to pay the rent, to put gas in the car to get yes. to work every day. Those are the kind of important incremental steps and, and successes that we are having. Well, Sandra, as we wind things down here, and I appreciate so much you taking some time out to uh, to share with us today, give us the top three needs that All Face Food Bank needs right now. What's, what's number one? If you have a magic wand, say, we need more of this, and number two, and number three. So I, I know everyone says this when they're asked, and I hesitate to say it. Uh, but but my development person would would not let me back in the building if I didn't say the most important way people can help right now is through a gift, um, a, a financial support, so that we can buy food, um, fuel in the trucks. You ought to see our fuel co fuel cost as a result of the oh my, uh, and so and uh, support additional staff to to help feed people in the community. You, you say just uh, you saying volunteers. And we also need uh, volunteers. Good news, you can sign up online. <laughs> it's, it's, it's digital now. Uh, and um, opportunities abound, uh, you know, whether it's packing food, whether it is working hands-on, one-on-one with clients, taking right. down data, or distributing directly to the handoff, that warm handoff of healthy food to someone who desperately needs it. All right, I'm making notes here because I want to get these in the show notes as we put them in there. Uh, also, I want to point out to our listeners, if when you do go to allfacefoodbank.org, you see a pop-up right there, and it will lay out what these the specific needs are, where you can make a donation. It also gives you a page where you can go if, if you need food. And uh, Sandra, I appreciate you so much coming on the show here. We're going to do our best to get the message out as far and wide as we possibly can. And I just, I, I'm glad uh, this is the first time we've had it, we've been able to meet and I feel uh, I'm a better person now for meeting you, for getting your story out there because as someone who is as talented as you are, you know, maybe you could be doing a big deal someplace for, for some law firm. But, uh, you know, as I said, you're, you're helping a lot of people that are on the margins here the greater Sarasota area. We just appreciate so much what you and all face food banks do. Thank you so much, Bob. And I have to say that this is an honor and the most rewarding work one could ever do in one's life. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you once again for being on the show and to our mm -hmm. listeners. Thank you for tuning in and we will give you all the information that you need in order to get plugged in with all face food banks and help out with, with hurricane Ian, that nasty hurricane. Nasty. 
Nasty Hurricane. All right, bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much for stopping by. I sure hope you enjoy listening to our interviews as much as we do providing them. If so, would you do me a little favor? Go to sarasotastories.co and enter in your email. That way you'll get notifications of all upcoming episodes. Also, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And remember, no matter where you go, to listen, learn, and connect. Connect.